What's up, people? What's good, people? This is Sports Debate Tuesday. We're going to call this episode The Comeback Kids. That's Rob McLean. And ladies and gentlemen, the episode starts right now. It's good, boy. What's happening? I like it. Welcome. This is Sports Debate Tuesday, along with my man. Say it with me. Rob, keep it. McLean, McLean. I'm your host with the most. I'm Jason DeBeas, and we're here to talk about the two subjects that makes Meryl Streep mad. It is football and mixed martial arts, which, by the way, is not an art. Kiss my ass. All right. Mm -hmm. So, lots to talk about. Great weekend, huh? Sports, huh? Great weekend of sports. I mean, a lot of firsts, right? Georgia lost their first game uh, to Alabama. The Detroit Lions won their first game, <laughs> which was, God, you, 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 you what, Rob, weren't we so emotional for that dude? I mean, just yeah. get that off your chest, you know. And he did, and he doesn't keep the ball. He gives it to he de he dedicates it to auction off for um some some good cause, and that's the kind of character Dan Campbell is. So Jose Aldo. Um, not ready to give up his. Um, not ready to hang up his gloves. I re uh, we both said Font, didn't we? Did I say Aldo? Aldo, yeah. You said Font. Uh, no, I I said uh, yeah, I said Font. I said Font. Good I match. We both said Font. It was good. Talk about a match that flew under the radar, huh? Main event. Yeah, but I hope yeah. he's. I hope he fights one or two more times. You know, and I, um, uh, I still don't know. If he ain't. He ain't. I mean, there's levels where Peter Yan is right now. You know. I gotta say though, like I did not like the whole, and they gotta revamp this What's about that? being able to, like, lightly pepper the guy so that you get to basically shave time off the, uh, off the clock. Like, wh why aren't we standing people up? Like, I get the whole, you know, go for takedowns mm -hmm. and stuff, but in yeah. in round five, I think you have to be a little objective where it's not really a takedown. There's nothing really happening on the ground, so they should be stood up and made to fight standing. Because I don't, I don't. I don't like the – as much as I do love submissions, as mm. much as I do love the ground game and, and, and ground control, mm. I honestly do, um, in the fifth round when they're fighting. And if that's not even happening all, all, all fight long, I think that needs to be you know, as a referee's decision to, to stand them up, honestly. So when I was watching, I was a little disappointed in that, in that end. But uh, it was great for scoring points, and, and, and they were down there, but I felt like there was a couple times for like 10 seconds, 20 seconds, where there was just like a lull in the activity where I believe that's where you should stand them up. But great fight. Great yeah, it fight. was. Yeah, it was. Some, well, some, the, one of the things that makes the refs hesitant is like if someone has side control, they consider that a dominant position. And you know that wrestler, that like that side control over the back type thing? We see a lot sure. of people stall on that too, but I like what you're saying. If – they're not using that dominant position to try hey, to Google off. Oh. I like that. I don't know what happened. But if they're not using that dominant position to advance their position, if they're not using that dominant position to try to finish, if they're using that to lay and pray out, I'm totally with you. I think the refs, right. and, and we've seen John McCarthy, he retired. We've seen him do that before. We've seen Herb Dean do it a couple of times. Um, yeah. So, all right. So, listen, lot to talk about. We're going to talk some football. We got our, our UFC pick six, Tanisa Sri, who's like a super fan who goes all of the game, all of the matches, and, all, and is also learning a little bit about MMA. She's a volleyball player. Uh, she's challenging the host this week. We we got someone to challenge the host after this episode's over, but first things first, okay? Um, let's talk about Monday night. 
Glad this is Sports Debate Tuesday, huh? I'm glad we're not pre-recording this time. We're, we're actually going to be a little late because we're doing it on Tuesday. What a Monday night game. Okay, when you think of fun games, you think of shootouts. You know what I'm saying? Two guys, uh, you know, big runs, big plays, this and that. But once again, Bill, because Bill Belichick makes the average fan think of chess instead of checkers, all of a sudden this low-scoring affair has become drama incarnate. And the only thing that made it miserable for me is it happened to be against my Buffalo Bills. And yet, you know me, Rob. Here I am, not the Yankee hat. You don't see me run the next day. I stand tall. I don't stand at all. So <sighs> took me a while took me a while to get over this so I could do you know so we could do our job here and I could be objective and I think I'm I think I'm there. You got my back, you're gonna help me with that a little bit. All right. You you need course, to just tell course. me to shut up. Uh um so my question is this, all right? We went from the Pats being Patsies to someone like you saying, you know what, Jay, this is a team that could make the playoffs to a team that's now the number one seed in the AFC, which leads to the question everyone's asking, do they have the tools to get to the Super Bowl? Yeah, so um, I believe that they're built the right way. Uh, first of all, they got the best coach in all of football for the last 20 years. You can't even deny that. Nope. Um, and uh, he's created the defense, even though it took a whole year, you know, and a lot of players out from COVID. But they they brought back a great defense, a lot of pieces, and the defense looks fantastic. Whether you can't name the, you know, Matt Judon, uh, where did this guy come from, you know, sack master, and and uh, you, you just have uh, J.C. Jackson, yeah. you know, now Van Noy came back, corner. right? Van Noy Van came Noy back, came, yeah. you know. So like they have a great defense, and all they needed to do is kind of what Tom Brady did in his in his first couple of years of his career, which is kind of just move the ball down the field, do what you need to do. And this exactly showed it's not really even about Mac Jones or Tom Brady at that point. It was really about creating that team mentality where the defense is going to lean on the offense and the offense leads on the defense. That are all the tools that you need, you know? So at the end of the day, can they win in cold weather? They, they can compete in cold weather. You know, can they win tough, close games? They can win. Can they win without throwing the football? They can. So they answered a lot of questions with this game. And, uh, you know, win or lose, I think they're uh, they're definitely going to do damage in the playoffs. Now, can they make it to the Super Bowl? Uh, I would say absolutely yes, just because of the competition. You know, you have the Titans, who I thought were the best team uh, and one of the best teams in football, but they lost Derrick Henry. That's yep. a huge blow to their their chances. Uh, I mean, you have you have uh, who else did we do? Oh yeah, the Ravens they banged up. You know, you have uh, the Chiefs is a down year. So you know, I think this is the opportunity for the Patriots to really come through and um, you know at least get to the Super Bowl. Would they win it? I don't know. The NFC is tough, but um, yeah, I think they'll definitely get there. Honestly. All right, Rob. Um... You did a really good job answering that question. But before I answer that question, I um, I want to dance a little bit, but but I promise you I won't do it too long. Um, calling Mac Jones a game manager, okay, that's fair. But using this thing where he's he, he was two out of three, only only made three passing attempts, the fewest in 40 years, right? Um, to use this as a straw person argument to say that that's that he can't throw is 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 absolute nonsense. I mean, peep, some of these reporters have like a, a very very bad memory last week 
Last week, just last week alone, 23 of 32, 310 yards passing. The guy can throw if you need him to. Now, answering your question, Rob, they can make the Super Bowl. The answer is absolutely yes. Will they? I mean, it remains to be seen. But I like their chances just as good as as the Titans. I like their chances just as good as the Kansas City Chiefs. I like their chances just as good as anyone in the AFC North, including the Bengals, who, who just make us continue to scratch our heads all right uh this game you got mac jones all right previous game damian harris rushed for 111 yards 60 64 were a break were a break one for a score right which i think in my opinion decides the game the two things that decided this game for me was that that score and the bills uh, uh missing wide right on the field goal yeah, but I mean that two coin conversion. I don't know how you don't play that tougher. You yeah, know, that was that was a big, big, uh, yeah, big momentum changer. I thought as well. Yeah, so I mean, it's one of those things where everyone's talking about Bill Belichick's genius, and, and um, Coach McDermott's being vilified by saying it's it wasn't his genius because everyone's looking for for clickbait or whatever, and he wasn't saying that. What he was saying was, if you told me I'd have this field position on offense before the game, I like our chances of winning, and he's right. Look, they got the ball ran down their throat. There's no doubt about that. But people have to understand what team play means, which the Patriots demonstrated, and what the Buffalo Bills overall strategy might have been, which a lot of people don't know. Um, Think about this. Bill Belichick was a defensive coordinator, two-time Super Bowl champion before he was even a head coach. When they played the Buffalo Bills 30 years ago, 30 years ago, 91, no, 20 years ago. He said in order for us to win, Thurman Thomas has to run for 150 yards or more, and they thought he was crazy. Thurman Thomas rushed for 186 yards, and they proceeded to win that 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 Super Bowl 20 to 19, coincidentally against the Buffalo Bills, coincidentally wide right. Okay, so take all of that. Take account that the Patriots ran the ball down their throat. Because I'm just trying to highlight some things that no one's talking about. They got ran over and still should have won this game. They hit that field goal. I mean, the two-point conversion, you're right, that was a head-scratcher. They hit that field goal. They're drive On their next drive, they're driving for another field goal. You know what I'm saying? And you know the Patriots, even on their worst day, are bend but don't break. They'll escort you to the red zone and not and not give up the goods, even when they were bad. Okay? That is the Bill Belichick way. And I think that's part of his genius that McDermott did not highlight, and that's why they thought he failed on that. But um, sticking to the subject, even though all this is connected, yeah. I, I mean, right now, their remaining games, uh, they have a week off. They play the Colts. That's not an easy game, but it's a game they can win. They play the Bills again, and that that this time it's in Foxborough. Uh, I mean, we're going to do win, picking winners on that on a quick question later. You're not, I'm not going to like my answer. Uh, the Jaguars, that's a win, right? And the Dolphins, uh, a division opponent at the end. Right now they're nine and four. They can con- conceivably, because everyone else is eight and four and eight and four and eight and five and, and seven and five. Conceivably, the road to the Super Bowl in the AFC could be through Foxborough, and if this and if that. And in conjunction with that, if the road is through Foxborough, why not them? Doesn't doesn't that give them more of an edge if, if they if they they play host with a bye? <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you on that one. Anything you'd like to add? I said I see it. Come on. No, I mean it's not too much. <laughs> it's just uh yeah, I think this is just the beginning, you know. Yeah. Um it's kind of crazy how he fell to the Patriots at this at this point, and uh, you know all these other teams are 
kind of scratching their heads with the picks that they have. Um, very interesting. Yeah. What an exciting game, though. A low-scoring game that, that just had my blood boiling. Of course, I'm a prisoner of the moment. Look at my hat, my I brother. All right, but you got third down. You got Josh avoiding the sack, avoiding another sack, creating time. Makes this awesome throw. Competitive the throw to Knox. This guy knocks the ball down. No pass interference. You know what I'm saying? It was just, just good football. Diggs, back shoulder throw right before that. I mean, it was, that was just exciting. That was exciting. Buffalo got ran over, though. They did. If Damian Harris didn't mm -hmm. leave the game with the hamstring, yeah. I think that game would have been a little bit more lopsided. Yeah. Well, even if they won, it would have felt like a switch. loss because of that. I'm saying I think they would have put up 28 instead of 14. Ah, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because Damian Harris is a different switchy type of back, and he was he had a hurt hamstring, and he got like 20 yards. I was like, oh, my, this guy's limping to 20 yards right now. Yeah. So it's just two different type of backs. And Stevenson's a great back, but he just doesn't have that shiftiness. It would have been really interesting to see. But, but I, I mean, man, Matt Milano, though, came through at the end. They finally said, yeah, you better you better get through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, like the probability of getting more points is offset by like if they didn't get a 65 yard, you know, break that then that that score kind of evens out. So I, I leave that at I leave that at 14. I just really wish that Buffalo hit that field goal. I mean, you know, that that's that's you got to make that kick at home. I mean, at home. That ball's got to go between the uprights. So, yeah. all right. So we're going to revisit the NFL in a minute. Let's go to um, actually revisiting the NFL now. We're going to do a pick six. Uh, Patrick Dietz. Patrick Dietz, congratulations. Not be, not for winning the pick six. Rob McLean won the pick six this time. Rob right now is three and three. Uh, Patrick Dietz and myself are two and four. And oh, our man. overall records right now, Rob, you're 34 and 31. I'm 37 and 28. And we're catching up to our guests who are 39 and 24. So you and I are closing the gap a little bit. Um, I'm not using the tie. I just don't want to mention the tie anymore. I'm just doing the wins and losses. Just, just call the tie a wash because we all bet There's on that game. And there. that wasn't. And it was Pittsburgh and um, the Lions, right? Oh, good, yeah. good lord. So. Congratulations. Thank uh, I, I but the reason why I'm congratulating Patrick Dietz, he just got the assistant coaching job at NYU. Um Carl Franz right. took the job at, at um you know a job in Jersey play, uh, for D1 men's and Pat, I mean, as far as like a small place in, a, in the corner of the earth where he can live in peace and have fun and, and do the kind of work he wants to do, NYU is a very ideal match. Jose Pena uh, finally gave him the nod and congratulations to an old friend of mine who in whom I was his head coach. Uh, at City Tech, and he got and he got NCAA Offensive Player of the Year in 2000. So he kind of made me look good too. <laughs> I was associate head coach that year. So big up to Patrick, and thanks for playing. But now let's go to our weekly pick six. All right, first game, Bobby McGee, you go first. You know how I'm gonna go first. Thursday night, mm. Steelers visiting the Minnesota Vikings. Look at you, you knew I was coming. <laughs> come, yeah. come on. I feel like I'm going to regret it, but I'm going to go with the Vikings. I feel like they got a lot to prove. They really need to, you know, <laughs> push the ball to their wide receiver. And, uh, you know, they, you know, of all the people of, of, of the, in the league that surprised me when they, when they have to win and they actually do win. Who's that? It's the Vikings. Um, so they lose the ones that they should win, but mm. man, yeah, so I think after that embarrassing loss last week, they're just going to try to come back and just try to plow anybody who's in their way. So I think, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Vikings on this one. All right. Well, listen, Rob, hold on. I got to show some respect. Rob, keep it. McLean. McLean. 
You're right. You are going to regret picking that game. I'm going with the Steelers. Mike Tomlin ain't going to have no below 500 season, even though we did not like his chances a couple of weeks ago. Big key win against the Ravens, who I didn't think that played well. I thought Pitt Pittsburgh played okay, and I think okay is enough to be Cousins right now. Um, game two, I'm going to go first on this one. We have the Dallas Cowboys against the Washington football team. Now, I was watching First Take this morning, and uh, uh, that's the fe one of the female hosts who's uber talented, and I'm sorry I forgot her name, asked Stephen A. Smith, give me one area where, where Washington has more talent than, than, than the Dallas Cowboys. And Stephen A. could not give her one. And I agree with Stephen A. because he did not need to give her one, all right? Did the Raiders, were the Raiders more talented in any position than the Cowboys? No, they, got, they lost to him on Thanksgiving Day. Were the Denver Broncos more talented in any position? I mean, on, on Bridgewater's best day, it would probably be a wash. The answer is no. And the reason why Dallas has every reason to win this game is the reason they're going to lose this game. Because, to quote my man, some way... Somehow, when you count on them, they will let you down. <laughs> I'm picking the, the Washington, I was going to say Redskins, Washington football team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and I think this is going to go back to the same thing that happened to me last uh, last year. <laughs> is that, um, no, it's not going to happen right now because they need to build that anticipation. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so this week, it's going to be the Dallas Cowboys. But in two weeks, when it really matters, Dallas is going to lose. So I'm going to choose that right now. You're going to make me just cry. Because, <laughs> just because they're going to lose in two weeks. So Dallas Cowboys, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, where is my professionalism gone out the window? Um, game three, you pick this first. Ravens visiting the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know how many more injuries the Ravens can take before their team just breaks apart. Um, but I think Miles Garrett, man, he's going to get a couple sacks on on Lamar Lamar Jackson, and uh, you know these teams have to play each other a lot, so they have a lot, a little bit of tape on each other. Yeah, yeah, I think um, I think it's going to be the Browns. I'm, I'm going to go to Ravens. The last time the Browns beat the Ravens, they really stuck it to them um, in a way where there was kind of a smirk. And I think the Ravens had a meeting and said, we will never let that happen again, no matter the condition of our team. They'd rather die than lose to that team. And and if they lose to that team, it's because someone died. I'm picking the Ravens. Um, I go first on this one. This is game four. We have the Buffalo Bills against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hey, hey. nah. No, it's going to be the Bucks. It's going to be the Bucks. I don't like I don't like Josh on the road and if there's only if there's one team that's a favorite beat up toy uh 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 for Bill Belichick, if there's one player who enjoys it more, it's Tom Brady. They happen to enjoy that time together, and I see more of that the same. Tampa Bay's hosting this this game. Josh Allen actually I think will come back, but with that being said, I, I don't know. The the Bucks have been inconsistent, but the Bills have, have been very disappointing in the sense that you had higher expectations and then they lose to these games. They, they lose these these games at the end. You know what I'm saying? Games like Titans, they had a shot at beating. The Patriots, that's a game they should have won last night. Could even, even getting run over, right? Got the dogs barking. I mean, even the dog, even the dog agrees with me. That dog in the back is like, he's right, he's right. So it didn't happen then. We lost to the Jaguars, a team that didn't even have a win on the continent, and we're not going to beat the Bucks. Yeah, uh, I would love to go against, and I think it's going to be a really tough game. Uh, I honestly really want to pick the Bills, 
But uh, I think the Bucks will, again, work some magic somehow and come through with the victory at the end of the game. So They can um, win. I mean, right? I, really I mean, they, they, they did win. beat Kansas City, and they, they do have quality wins. But uh, I think, yeah, this is honestly one of my toughest picks because I feel like, again, they're a team who kind of loves to balance back and, and uh, show that they're – you know, still in the hunt and still one of the top teams in the in the in the league. So, I could totally see Buffalo win this game. But if we're gonna pick, I'm gonna have to go with the Bucks. Yeah. Um. Okay. I like that. Game five. You go first on this one. We have the Niners, San Francisco 49ers visiting the Bengals. My question to you is: Do you trust the Bengals for one more week? <laughs> right. Exactly. Um. I don't tr- trust Joe Burrow's injury history for another week. You know, and that's just kind of how it goes. You know. So. Uh, you know, I, I go back and forth, but I'm probably going to go against the Bengals on this one. Yeah. Shishing. So you're picking the Niners. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, shishing. I'm going the Bengals on this one. I think all things considered, even with both good defenses and inconsistent quarterbacks, I go with the home team. Um, I go first on this one. This is Monday Night Football. This is the Los Angeles Rams. Our Los Angeles Rams, I guess. Like visiting. The Arizona Cardinals. Uh, everyone asked me who the best team in the NFL is. is it, was it the Bucks? Was it the Cowboys? Was it this team? Was it the Chiefs? Was it that? And the entire time, I'm going to remain consistent. It's the Arizona Cardinals. They're the most complete team. Uh, Kyler Murray's a, uh, uh, you know, uh, a candidate for MVP, and he didn't even play every game this season. You know, but uh, so I'm going to go with the Cards on this one. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go with the Cards. I mean, it's it's crazy what they've been able to do on both sides of the ball. And uh, Kyler Murray just looks like uh, a totally, like, a dimensional, uh, you know, just changing the dimensions of the game, honestly. Uh, you know, making the run play option be that effective. It's, you know, you can he's even doing it on, you know, you pass, uh, you know, on pass plays. He's even trying to, like, read option or, or – trying to break away and do his own run type plays on a quarterback scramble. It's it's pretty, it's very impressive. So yeah, I'm, I think the cards are the best team, the NFL, uh, honestly. And, and, uh, it starts with Kyler Murray. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. So we both got the cards on that one. I like that. All right. So now we are going to go out to our segment, which is mixed martial arts. We have a big, big pay-per-view. We have like six or seven for the whole year. And this is this is one I think I'm going to spend my money on again. We got a good double main event with Nunez versus Pena. Pena's a scrappy dude, scrappy girl, good submission skills, killer a power in both hands. for the, And for a women's division, hits like a dude, even walks like a dude. Um, and Poirier versus, um, um, I'm so sorry, uh, Oliveira. And and what I call the mm-hmm. ni- the nice guys bull, right? Usually nice guys don't sell. <laughs> usually nice guys don't sell pay per views. But I'm really really hoping these. It couldn't, you know, pay per view sales and money and cash in. It couldn't happen to two better individuals whose philanthropy sure. off off you know outside outside of the octagon has been well documented as well as their respect and and their their heightened skill set. Talk about comeback kids, right? Talk about what Poirier came back from, right? Moved to a different division. Talk about what Oliveira came back. Look, he looked like he's on the verge of getting cut. Um, but we're not going to start from the top on this one because we have our guest Tanisa Sri, um, who's going to join us by Zoom, but is unable to do it. But gave me her picks. All right, so let's start with. The pick six, we're going to go bottom to top. We're not going to do the prelim main event. We're going to do the one before that um, out of respect for our guy, our guy Dominic Cruz. So Domin- the first one is Dominic Cruz, and you're going to go first on this one. Dominic Cruz versus Pedro Munoz. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with Pedro Munoz on this one. Um, I, I love Dominic. I think he's, you know, a fantastic Hall of Fame MMA fighter. But uh, I just think he never under he never really got the, the, you know, putting people out aspect of the game. He's a fantastic defensive fighter. He's got amazing footwork and great hands. But um, finishing, you know, and, and, and having those records, you know, that those those types of uh, skills in, in your book, it's not his thing. And then, you know, Munoz, he's got power. You know, he'll take the punch, you know, to, to, to put it on you. And um, that's kind of the, the type of uh, aggression you need to fight uh, a dominant cruise. He'll just literally run around you and move around the ring all day. So, Who you, got? you know, I think it's a great fight matchup. But uh, Munoz, I'm going to go with Munoz. I'm going to go Munoz, too, and I'll tell you why. Like, uh, for a long time, people like Dominic Cruz, the way he slips – and uh, his awkward style and like that style of coaching that allows you to slip in and out uh, with eight point striking has really fooled and manipulated and even hurt a lot of people you went against. Even uh, so much to a point DJ TJ Dillasaw has, has has mocked that style. And when they fought each other, it looked like mirror images of each other. But just like the NFL and just like every other major sports league, it's a copycat league and people caught on to that. And I think Munoz did too. And I think Munoz is going to win by decision. Ring rust is a real thing, even though Dominic Cruz has has defied that that saying over and over and over again. This this, you know, Adrian Ring Ross is also a real thing. So I go I go Munoz on this. Second one, I'll go first. Now we're entering to, to into the pay per view. We have oh sorry, Tanisa. She's gone, Cruz. She's gone. Uh, she she's the lone wolf. And we'll both go. <laughs> lone wolf. Um. All right. So main event: Sean O'Malley. Who? Deserves to be called Sugar sh Sugar just as much as <laughs> Rashad Evans does. Sugar Sean O'Malley is going against Haulian Pice. A uh, Pive. Piva, my bet. Haulian Piva. I've seen Haulian Piva fight two times. He is a savage. And O'Malley is taking easy fights to build his brand because he knows he's going to make just as, money, just as much money fighting easy dudes than high-ranked dudes. And I like what he's doing. But I think this one he bit off a little more than he can chew. I'm going Piva. I mean, I'm going to go O'Malley, but uh, yeah, man, it's going to be a tough fight. I think we're going to see if he's uh, a fighter or, mm. you know, a star. And so we'll see. Yep. I'm lone wolf on this one because Tanisa's going Sean O'Malley too. So for me, because it's not, not like a big leap to go lone wolf, I'll just go. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be a big howl if, you, if you're just going against the grain. Um, third one, you go first on this one. Um, we got Kai Kata France versus Cody Garbrandt. Who? Yeah, you know, um, I haven't seen Kai Kata France fight, fight in, a, in, a, in a little while. But, I've only seen him fight once, um, too. I definitely think that he has the type of style to um, pressure Garbrandt and give him issues, especially at this uh, weight class. But Man, Cody's got that knockout power, and Kai France, unfortunately, has a pretty glass draw. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I really don't think this is going to last very long, um, maybe a round, you know. But I think once Cody hits him once or twice, he'll, he'll, he'll feel the power and, and be running yeah. away from it. So, 
I like. Yeah, I'm going to go with Garbrandt. Me too. I like Garbrandt too on this one in a sense that he's always had good power in both hands. He's always had a pretty good skill set in all eight points. He's got good wrestling, wrestling in a fin- in, in um, in a sense that he doesn't get taken down much. You know, like that wrestling defense that that people want to keep the fight standing. And the big difference is he knows that his chin, he uh, he can't uh, he pretty uh, those fights he lost. He didn't see anyone that had the knockout power to do that to him and, and you learn not once not twice but three times he, he's going to do a better job protecting himself and not leaving himself out there trying to load up because he's he's got power without having without needing the load up and i and i think uh the last fight i saw he won by decision i think he sees that and i got garbrandt um kaya is going kai kara and we're gonna give a oh <laughs> lone wolf <laughs> oh get ready Jeff Neal, Santiago Ponzinibbio. Ponzinibbio has been chomping at the bit to get a good fight, a fight that he thinks he deserves, and boy, does he have one. That man has a relentless pace. Jeff uh, Jeff Neal has very good wrestling, very good takedown defense, and needs and can take the fight wherever he wants. But every fight starts standing, and that man is electric. And I think he's ready for this. I'm going to go with the Argentinian. I'm going to go with Santiago, or, or Chilean. I'll find out in a minute. Santiago Ponzinibbio. I'm going to check that out. Go ahead. I think, uh, I mean, I, I'm going to go with Jeff Neal um, just because, yeah, you know, I think he's a wrestler. And a wrestler is going to do what wrestlers do. And especially when they fight fighters that maybe are better than them on their feet, you know, when they make a fight a certain way. And if you only got three rounds. Yep. You know, if you make a fight a certain way, you only got so many opportunities to, you know, take somebody out. So especially, you know, later the fight gets, you know, a little tired, a little slower. So um, and I like the way, uh, especially in a three round fight, you're able to if you if you fight or you're training for fighting five round fights, you can push the pace the whole time. You know, there's no real time to real settle in there and, and get mm-hmm. your stuff. And, and as a striker, you need that time. So. I think just on the, 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 the limitations of the fight, uh, I'm going to go with Neil on it. Yeah. Yeah. And Neil needs this one. I mean, he, he recently lost to um, Neil Magny and lost to um, – they were both decision losses. In fact, my tech person today, that's me. <laughs> it was Stephen Thompson. I remember that. And those are two long, long, lengthy fighters. So um, – and I don't blame you for picking that because Ponzinibbio is not as long. You know, he's had trouble with like guys with like long, long limbs. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I pick him. And let's see who Tunisia three picks. Sorry, I'm, I'm going and she picks Ponzinibbio. You're the lone wolf on this. <laughs> you already got you, you. You got a barker in the back. And that that got him not on speaker. That dog would have been like, what'd you say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go co-main event or slash main event, double main event. I don't even like calling this a co-main event because it is the greatest female fighter in the history of mixed martial arts. Amanda Nunez is facing Juliana Pena. Should I go? I go first on this one. I don't remember. Yeah, you can. I mean, it's going to be quick for me. Good. Let's let's skip it then. Nunez. <laughs> yeah, Nunez. Yeah. Simple. Yeah, she's better tools in her <laughs> toolbox. She's and and every everything Pena does, Nunez does a little bit better. 
Let's move on. And I'm and mad respect to Pena because I've been watching her since the Ultimate Fighter and she's such a hottie and she's so, you know what I'm saying? She's powerful and cute. It's, it's just the sexiest thing in the world for guys like me. Um Kelly Campbell, love you very much. Um <laughs> my main event. We have the nice guys bowl. We have Dustin Poirier, who was the former interim champ, now trying to get the undisputed championship from Charles Oliveira. Rob, go first. Yeah, I mean, uh, oof, it's going to be a good fight. But, uh, you know, I hear a lot of talk about Poirier moving to a different division. Um, it's just a lot of chatter coming up from that side when, you know, Oliveira is he's a dangerous guy. I mean, I think he could fight in different divisions the way that he fights. And, uh, yeah, I just think he's going to do things to Dustin that he's never really had done to him before. You know, I think he's going to take Dustin down. I think he's going to make him swim a little bit. And then uh, and then when they get up, you know, it's going to be scramble time. And Oliver is clean in the scramble. Oh, my God, um, he so is, dude, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And he hits from – that's what Michael Chandler found out real fast. You know, he hits from his full extent. You don't have time and he don't wind up, you know, and he's just putting power on you. And yeah, so I think uh, the later this fight gets, the longer this fight gets, you know, the worse it's going to be for for Dustin. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Oliveira on this one. Yeah. I am. Um, wow. I mean, when you talk about mental toughness, there's. A story to be told about Oliveira, like who was losing a whole bunch of matches, wasn't sure which weight class, looked look like he was a journeyman, not even on the verge of it, and all of a sudden put together a bunch of wins, beat Tony Ferguson to get the title shot, and then beat beat Chandler um, like you thought he would. I thought that was your pick. I, I I mean, I wasn't sure where to go. You were sure because you were, follow, you were following um, Oliveira more closely than I was. Um, enter Dustin Poirier. You know what I'm saying? Poirier, as far as mental toughness is, can go, it, once you fight Justin Gaethje in a war like that, once you fight Eddie Alvarez in a war like that, once you find a way to put up with Connor's nonsense, not once but twice, and come out with two, with two victories, one clean knockout and one, one left him curse, cursing the world, he's mentally tough too. And here we go. Two guys without an inch to, without an inch to whatever, but I really think Charles Oliveira um, – is going to probably value him to death. He's going to have a bunch of submission attempts that will probably tap out anybody else. But Poirier, I've seen Poirier on some matches like where he would panic tap. He's not tapping anymore. This this is going to go decision, and this is going to be a baptism through fire for two deserving individuals. Where I give the nod to Poirier or to um, Oliveira. And. Our young lady says Poirier, but this one's going to be good. <laughs> she also picked Nunez too, by the way. I mean, it's, it's, it's I feel so disrespectful to Pena. I didn't even mention her pick. So it's just, it was so obvious you say, to us. You say decision. I, I say it's going to be in the fourth round. Yeah. Wow. So Cool, man. Looking forward to watching something. it. Maybe we'll do a watch party. Come we'll to see. the crib, man. I, mean, I don't know if this office yeah. is big enough, but we could do a watch party, you know, put it on a, I got a big old screen behind this. All right, Rob. So I took care of both pick sixes. This seems like the week of pick six, but the UFC will do that to us. And so will the NFL. But I bring you to my favorite topic. Ladies and gentlemen, we bring you to shame or not to shame. 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 
Okay, now I have to do something like this. Got to press them all at the same time. Boom. Uh, sorry, that, there it is. There goes our clock. All right, Bobby McGee, to shame or not to shame? You might like this or might not, but I, I didn't. Um, media asked Micah Hyde and Poirier if they were embarrassed that the Patriots um, had the fewest amount of passes and ran over them. Was this loss? And what, what the Patriots did to them was embarrassing. And basically, Poirier said, you know, that like that's the stupid that's you know like don't do that that's a silly question to ask and they were like that's that's you know it's kind of silly and the guy's like well in my day we could ask questions like that so does the shame go on the bills for being sensitive about the, about the question or does the shame go to the media um asking if they should be embarrassed <sighs> again so difficult because there's so many perspectives on the issue but yeah. i think it's more just um there can be a little bit more empathy that they just came out of a hard fought battle. Like these reporters, uh, yeah, they could be standing in the, in the cold, you know, with, a, with jackets on and gloves on, but like these guys were out there busting their butt as hard as they can. And then you come in there and ask if they feel embarrassed about it. I mean, at the end of the day, sure. You know, everybody can ask what they want to ask, but you know, that person can also just be a, terrible reporter and ask a question a better way or you know are you uh are you embarrassed uh, are you aware how about that are you even aware mm -hmm. you know but it's just uh yeah I, I don't know i think uh reporters suck um you know there's too many of them and uh they don't really formulate i mean that's a it's a terrible question who, yeah. who would that who would want to even answer that you know so yeah. at the end of the day the person doesn't have to answer it and then we can just move on. But they decided to answer it by saying it's a stupid question. Mm -hmm. So I think they're well within their rights to answer a question the way they want to answer. Right. Now, what he said after he was walking away, you know, when he didn't answer the question, yeah. he said, yeah, He's... I think that's a stupid question. And no, I he just said, don't do that. that. Extra yeah. words. Yeah, he said, yeah, don't he do that. He's words. like, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. he didn't, that's not his response at the time. Yeah. He was just saying. He was know, respectful, after, right? After. He was like, look, I answer yeah. all your questions and I respect all of y'all. And yep. So Rob, I'm with you. Um, I got to go with shame, shame on the question. And it's questions like that by the media that make some of these athletes get on their high horse and give people speeches about gladiators in the arena. Oh, you've never done it. And now the argument shifted into attacking someone's character instead of just the argument. You know what I'm saying? And there is a different way he could have phrased that. Even though earlier on the coach uh, answered that question by saying, yes, he is embarrassed. But I will say this. There there is, a, There are teams that run a lot of yards on you, and there are some games where you realize pe people are running on you, and all you can do is tr make other choices to try to minimize the damage as much as you can. And what do the Bills do in this situation? They let them break one for a score, right? And the score ended up being 14-7. to 7. So with all the yards and everyone being run, you know, the ball being run down their throat and all that stuff, uh, the defense only giving up 14 points in a situation that could have been much worse, I thought was very formidable. I didn't think it was embarrassing, um, not on the defense's part. And, and to make matters worse, Rob, I didn't like the question because if they do say it was embarrassing or if they don't say it was embarrassing, if they're defensive, you know what happens? The next question the media guy is going to ask, oh, do you think it was your offense's fault? You know, and it's questions like that just for the sake of clickbait that that divides teams that will make the defense. He was looking for bait so the defense could um, 
could excoriate the offense for coming up short. You know but what I'm even, saying? I, Go ahead. I, I honestly didn't even know that he, you know, asked the same question or this uh, the same question was asked to the coach. Right. But a coach, again, is not on the field with them. And then two, right. he can answer for his players. Yep. Right. One player, even a captain, can't answer for his players. Yep. Because he's, you know, he's not that person. You know, like that's what the coach is there for. So that's why I think it's again like to ask the players how they felt about mm-hmm. the performance of their own teammates is a lot different than asking a coach how he views his performance of his players as a whole, which right. is his job. So I think it's a little different, you know, to sit to, to, you know. Well, it was a different question for the coach, right? Because the coach is not about the execution. He's about the strategy. So I 100% agree with you on that. And I don't know. I thought the question was out of line. And you knew, like, the guy was was about clickbait because when they walked out, uh, um, when Poyer said, look, I I love you guys and I respect you and I answer all your questions all the time, but please don't, don't do that. And then before he walked out, the guy said, well, and back in my day, we could ask that question. So clearly the guy showed his true colors. He couldn't just, when he said, don't do that, he could have just shut up. He could have just let it go. And then next week come at him from a different angle if he had to. But this dude was looking for clickbait and I didn't like that, you know, against the team that, I mean, maybe they're embarrassed uh, getting run over like that, but they, they did defend themselves. Hey, 14 points. We all this team who's been, you know, running over everyone the 14 points, you know, which was, again, it was bait. It was bait for, for the reporter to ask the next question. So do you think it's the offense's fault that they didn't come up with more than 10? You, you see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? How do you try to turn people against each other like that? I didn't like that. I don't like that, you know? Something you'd like to add before we move on to our next beautiful topic. Yeah, you know, I think it's just well within both their rights. You know, one mm-hmm. to refuse asking this, like like he said, mm-hmm. I'm gonna remember that. Yep. I'm gonna remember that. Mm-hmm. You know, I ain't gotta answer your questions no more. Yeah. You know, I'll answer everybody else's. I'll be available for questions, but I don't have to answer your question. It's true. And that's just how it should be. <laughs> I had a flashback too. I had a flashback when Brady had a uh, um a bad game, and they asked Bill Belichick. They said, Do "You are you thinking of replacing the quarterback?" He goes, "No, I'm not." And but then he, he it sunk, and he goes. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> all right guys we're bringing you to our next topic that was to shame or not to shame and this topic is called quick question all right rob quick question big ben announced this is his last season was it a right move for the team for big ben to announce that absolutely it's been time for a while now I say yes. The quicker they can draft a quarterback, the better. They should have done it last year. Quick question. Are the Chiefs still going to win the AFC West? I'll go first on this one. I believe yes. I believe they won four or four or five in a row, and they're doing well. Absolutely. I mean, I don't, I don't think the Chargers are going to come back from a game underneath them to, to overtake them. So, yeah. Nice. Quick question, Rob. Who's the most complete team in the NFL? You go first. Um, I struggle between, you know, the Packers and the Cards, maybe the Pats, but I, I, I'll probably go with the Cardinals. The I go with the Cardinals. Me. I go with the Cardinals. I echo, I echo your sentiment. Um, quick question. Who has the more impressive win streak, the Miami Dolphins or the Washington football team? I think Miami say, won five in a row. The Washington won four in a row. I say my, uh, uh, Washington, you know, they lost their best player. They have a backup quarterback, you know, and they are still competing in. NFC least, but still, 
You know, they've played competitive teams and they've beaten competitive teams. Nice. Um, I go with the Washington football team, though I do have love. Matt, you know I got mad love for Flores and the way he always finds ways to come back and reshape his team, man. Big up to that dude. Uh, Quick question. The Patriots and Bills play again in three weeks. Can the Bills win that game? I'll go first on this one. They can. Yeah, I mean, a busted watch is right twice a day, but... uh, um, and if they have the same approach and if the Patriots do the same thing, it might be a different result. So like I said, pending a, a, a field goal being made or, like you said, ridiculously kooky two-point conversion. So the answer is yes. Uh, can they? Yes. Will they? No. But uh, I, did, I, don't think I, so I just I just think the Pats are uh, an incredible team on a great win streak. Yeah, right now. I don't think so either. I'd just be happy if the Bills finish 10-7 and because I think they get some in. You know, I mean, they got they got – you know, they got Tampa Bay. The last two real tough games is Tampa Bay and, and New England again. Quick question. Villanova, number six in the country, visits an old rival, Syracuse. <laughs> old, an ex-Big East team, now ACC team. Who wins that game tonight? You're East Coast um, guy, so I figured I'd throw that your way. <laughs> yeah, i probably go with Villa, Villanova, you know. Yeah. They, they, they for real. They've always been pretty good. Yeah. That they're they're been one of the best teams in the country that no one talks about. People forget they were in they won a title, right? Three, four years ago. Um, mm-hmm. quick question. Will Steph Curry hit sixteen threes to break Allen's record? Tonight. In, uh, in order to do it, he has to hit sixteen threes. <laughs> I'll yeah, go first. No. <laughs> no. Who knows? Yeah, why not? I think you could jack them all up tonight, but uh, they probably won't let them I'm not saying that he can't, all right. I witnessed, I didn't witness it, but I heard people witness that guy in practice shooting 104 straight three-pointers. Straight. Mm-hmm. Say that again. Listen to people. 104 three-pointers. Uh, quick question. Is Kyler Murray an MVP candidate? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Um, MVP candidate, but right now, the way Rodgers is playing, I'll give it to him. Um, quick question. Lakers versus the Celtics tonight. Um, probably the, probably the Lakers. I'm going Celtics tonight. I, 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 I mean, I wish I could just bet on the half. <laughs> no, I go, I go Celtics yeah. tonight. Um, quick question. Lillard wants to play with Simmons. Is that a good combination or a bad combination for you? I don't know where, but, uh. Because they ain't gonna bring them to to the Portland Trailblazers. They're gonna lose everybody, and uh, Dame ain't leaving anytime soon. But yeah, I'm sure it could work out because Dame don't like defense, and uh, Ben don't like shooting. So, <laughs> yeah, I say yes, and I, I regardless of where they both go, I, whether he goes to right. Philly or that guy goes to Portland, that's a good combination. I I like it. It's a yeah, it's a great combination for the two of them. Quick question, and I left this at the end because it might be an extended one. To make a run to the Super Bowl this year, which quarterback do you want? Do you want Rodgers or Brady? I probably want Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, on just talent and skill alone because uh, I feel like he's reaching the echelon where Tom Brady is. Maybe he's not as good as Tom Brady, but he's able to do things that Tom was able to do a couple years ago, but still has that I'm going to put the ball in the end zone mentality. And again, this is just Tom against, you know, Tom against Aaron, same team, same everything, you know, with a better line, with a better receiving core, more consistent. I mean, 
imagine if you put if you switch Tom and Aaron, Aaron would be going off for, you know, Dan Marino's numbers. You know what I mean? I don't know about that. Come on now. I mean, they, he hasn't had Devante and yeah. Randall Cobb for more than three games. I'm not talking you know about his. Saying? No, sorry. They're not in three. My bad. They're nine and three. You know what I mean? Right. I I only disagree with that because if if it's just physical physical gifts, yeah, put him on any of those teams, and he turns he he sets the world on fire. But I'm talking about the muscles between Rogers' ears and the personality and how he has to deal with other personalities, and that's why I think Brady Brady be a better fit, and that's why I I would pick Brady on this one. I got this question from First Take. Um, Stephen A. Smith agrees with you. I disagree with Stephen A. Smith that I don't think it's Rogers. I think it's Brady, and I disagree with Keyshawn Johnson when Keyshawn Johnson said it's not even close when he said Brady. I disagree with that. It is close. It is very close. It's razor close. How close, Rob? NFC Championship game last year close when Rodgers probably could have won. Well, many people thought Rodgers could have won that game if they if they let him, if they left the ball in his hand on fourth and goal. So, I mean, that's a question to be speculated against. Um, but, and we disagree on this, but I totally disagree with anyone that says this isn't even close. That's ridiculous. That is, that's, no. You know? Yeah, no, it's, to, it's very close. But, yeah. but at the end of the day, you have to understand, like, Last year was an aberration because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were in their first year. Nobody had seen what they did. There's mm-hmm. no scouting for them. It was just a, Aaron Rodgers been doing the same thing for 12 years. You know what I'm saying? Scramble out this way, throw deep, extend the play. Like everybody knows what he's going to do. So you can at least minimize that. Mm-hmm. But Tom, you know, Tom's just going to do what he can. And I just think that Tom chose the right situation at the right time and that is just as important as how good he is at this age mm-hmm. but if he went to other situations that weren't as prime they didn't have great draft picks the year that tom came in i mean all these things led to them being successful you yeah. know if any of those things didn't happen they would not have won the super bowl if they didn't have tristan Wirfs on the team last year they would not have won the super bowl like, do they win huge. the super bowl without antonio brown who uh, the Bucks. Uh, yeah, I think so. Absolutely. I mean, I it's crazy because I think they win without Antonio Brown, but I think they lose without Gronkowski. <laughs> you know, it's so it's so it's not about the talent. Mm-hmm. It's about it's about chemistry and it's about who you get, who, mm-hmm. how you guys get along with, and in conjunction with the coaching. And that's why think, that's I, why again, I think Aaron, like I said, physically could play anywhere, you know, anywhere he wants, and probably win. You know. But okay, but look at Tom going to Green Bay, and we'll finish on this, but. Tom mm-hmm. going to Green Bay, you ain't got no tight end to, to throw to. <laughs> you know, you yeah. have two receivers that may or may not be on the field because of injury concerns. And then that guy's going to be double teamed. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's not about the first route. It's about the second and third route extending the play and still making that pass. That's... So I'm just saying that they've made it so hard on Aaron Rodgers for so many years uh-huh. that we expect absolute greatness from him as opposed to if he was actually in a situation that benefited him that made it easier and advantageous for him to score points and to put the ball push the ball down the field instead of doing it for his damn life mm-hmm. or giving it off to AJ Dillon every time because you got three guys in your face then yeah I think he'd score more points than Tom Brady who didn't get touched all of last year <laughs> right yeah hey, I think it's a big difference I 
That is, dude, that is a very good point. And you, thump, you you really hit home with that. I'm going to leave this a to be continued because the way you you did that last, it was good. It was more than good enough to close up shop on this on this particular subject matter. Well done, my man McLean. All right. So that is the end of quick question. But before we go, I want to give a shout out. I saw this morning, Kurt Warner has a movie coming out called The American Underdog. And it's based on his book called All Things Possible. I love this guy and it's out on christmas day and you know what i don't care if it's in a movie theater i don't care if i gotta go in a shuttle with elon musk and watch it on mars i don't care if i gotta watch it on his little ass computer screen or on this recording device i will watch that movie because i read and i love that man's story just from his wife's perspective alone when this man was the arena league football champ and was ended up being a stock clerk punching price tags on at at walmart or, or kmart all right. And when you looked at that guy, uh, um, if it's, it's unfair to look at that guy and be like, why should he play in the NFL? He's working in a grocery store. He changed the way people think. And, and I need 30 more seconds with this and I'm going to give you the floor. Ask this woman out on the date. She says yes. She cancels out on the date because ain't, she ain't got a babysitter. So most men, when they hit his woman, got three kids. He's like, all right, I'm out. Not this dude. I'll come. Hey, take the kids with us. And she's like, well, two of my kids are handicapped. Okay, I got a pickup truck. Take them with us. You know what I'm saying? This dude who has this big heart, this heightened level of caring, absent of what everybody, anyone's given circumstances. He looks at the person. He looks at their heart. And that's how those two wound up together. And if that was just a story and if you left football out of that, that would make me cry. And not to mention, this guy comes back, Trent Green gets hurt, and, he, and he's one of the innovators of the greatest show on turf with Bruce, Hakeem, God knows who else. I don't even remember half those guys. I remember Ricky Prohl as like a fourth string warming up just to keep up with these fast brothers, all right? So, Marshall Falk. Coming up, yes, Marshall, Marshall Falk, man. Thousand yards receiving, thousand yards rushing. I mean, what the greatest show on turf. Kurt Warner, looking forward to watching this movie. Shout out to this man every time I hear his name. Yeah, you know, uh, Kurt Warner. Yeah, I definitely love that team. And that was one of my favorite teams. I think that's when I first started playing, uh, you know, NFL video games. It was the uh, greatest show on turf. So nice. it was great to. And a great know, Super great. Bowl, right? That was the Tennessee Titans and, and them. Uh, this this the guy best. came up short, man. Remember the Titans, but no, remember the, remember the greatest show on turf, my man. All right. So anything you'd like to say to the general population before we bounce, Bobby McGee? Just stay happy, stay healthy. Steph, stay happy, stay healthy. Hey, for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPads on at Starbucks, for all of you on the lunch line waiting for this episode to come out, for my man Rob, keep it McLean. McLean, I am Jason DeBeas. Love you to pieces. We're out of here. Come check out the Option Podcast on optiondb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.